Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back. I have such a great person on today, and really, we're only separated by like three and a half hours, so we probably could have met in the middle of Sky, but Sky Monch is here with us, and Sky, thank you so much for being a part of this show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm not sure where we would meet in the middle, but... um. <laughs> We could have figured something out. I Beaver, Beaver gas station or something. Beaver is the place where I would suggest. <laughs> I do have iHeartBeaver on the back of my race kit for a reason. Yeah, you love it. So, Sky, um, you look great, first off. And Thanks. Because the season is over, you're just glowing. Well, yeah, I mean, I've just been living up the off season, like you asking me to come on the podcast. I'm like, am I even a triathlete anymore? <laughs> I don't know if I can go on a triathlon podcast, but, um, yeah, it's been really fun and getting stuff done around the house. Turns out I can't actually afford off season. I, I end up buying things and you know, when you have time and energy to go to the store or everything, I don't know. Especially it's expensive. Costco. Yeah, Costco in particular, you may have seen my story. Yeah, you but, can buy a four-wheeler, you can buy a new house, you can buy a bunch yeah, of trees. Cars. Everything. I mean, we almost had to buy a car at Costco just to take home all of our stuff we bought at Costco. You know, yeah. like we had our car, but we needed two cars almost. So well, they don't sell Teslas. They don't sell Tesla. So what are you gonna do, Sky? Well, exactly. I was like, no, Matt, this has to fit in our Tesla. And everything fit in our Tesla, but Tesla's incredible. So there you go. Tesla sponsor. Yeah. Sky, please. She, yeah. she wants it. I need more Teslas. Yeah. Um, so isn't it also a shame to think that and feel that only after a few short weeks of taking a little bit of time for yourself that you're feeling like you're out of the, out of the, the hustle and bustle and you're not as valid. Is that, is that our culture that we're in? What is this? Yeah. I don't know. I think maybe part of it's a culture, maybe part of it's just I don't know, like even I'm trying to spend less time on Instagram, just not, I don't want to say trying to care less about triathlon, but just really trying to get back to quote, like normal life and just enjoying doing things that I never do all year, mm -hmm. like yard work, even just stuff like that. It's just, it just doesn't happen during the year. So it feels like a very different version of myself and just not having every day completely dictated by a training schedule and what I'm eating and how much sleep I need to get. It just, it just feels totally different. And, um, I mean, fortunately most people aren't racing anymore, so I don't feel irrelevant, but yeah, it just kind of feels like everyone's off doing their own thing now. So, um, so looking at your website, which is great, by the way, your website's good. Um, oh, thanks. It, it needs a little work, but it's, it's been worse. So <laughs> no, I think I, I like your logo. I like your branding. It's, it's really good. Um, you know, you're, you've had, a season and is this, I don't know if your results on your website are fully up to date. Well, Ironman probably Florida not. Ironman Florida is not on there, yeah, but I mean, you've got Ironman world championship, mm. Frankfurt chatty, mm -hmm. and then St. George. Were those all the races you got in this season? Or did you do more? I did the PTO us open as well. So I yeah. might need to add that. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been a good season. I'm really happy with how things built into the year and, just ending it on the ultimate high. Like it doesn't really get better than winning your last race yeah. because I was thinking about this. If you win the race, 
obviously I can still look back and think, oh, this could have gone better. or I could have done this differently. But if you get second or third or worse or whatever, then you really start to psychoanalyze what you could have done better. <laughs> At least with one and you're like, well, regardless of what didn't go well, it worked out anyway. So yeah, it's nice to just end the year with a win. Feel like, feel like what I been doing with my coach and other people I work with has worked for me this year and that, you know, we're in the right, we're going the right direction and yeah, just only more to look forward to as we build and learn. So, um, yeah. And honestly, like Florida for me, yes, it was a super fast time and yes, it was a win, but I'm most pumped about my marathon time. Honestly, like I love running. I consider myself a runner, <laughs> but I don't think yeah. it always shows or maybe gets appreciated maybe because I'm coming from behind or whatever, but, or I'm not putting down the fastest run splits, but I've always believed that I could run better than I've been running the last few years overall. I've had well, some, I've, I've had some good runs, but yeah. yeah, you've had good runs at even Florida before. I think most notably is like you're, once you hit your pacing sky, like you don't, you don't let up. Like you are yeah. a strong athlete when it comes to compartmentalizing everything into momentum moving forward. It doesn't seem like much really gets in your way. And just in general, like thinking of you as just an athlete who I know and watch results and among the collective of athletes who we all watch, like when I think of you, it's always, you can count on Sky. If, yeah. Sky, if Sky has a day that is a little off, it's off by a small margin. It's not like yes. she's win winning or she's DNFing. It's very, right. very consistent. And what do you attribute that level of mental consistency to? Because really the body's always going to be something that is a little bit different, but your mind has to make that happen. So what do you think is the key? Well, it's when you were going in that direction with the question, I was going to say it is the mental side that is my consistency, I think. But um, the, the, the specific mental part, I don't know. I think, I think I don't tie too much of my emotions to my results and, or to how the race is going or yeah, like if a race isn't going how I want it to, or how I thought it should go, I don't get upset about it. Right. Like I just keep pushing and yeah, sure. I have days where it feels more magical and things go perfectly for me. And then I have days where it doesn't happen like that, but I'm not, I guess quitting is never an option. Giving up is never an option. And I'm, I feel that I'm always seeking to get the best out of myself, no matter what. Um, and, and not, yeah, just not being negative. I think the biggest thing is staying positive. And I think that's really hard to do, especially in Ironman. Like yeah. we're out there for eight, nine age groupers, 15, 16 hours. Like there is a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot that can annoy you. There's a but lot that will go you, wrong. Like, exactly. It's not like if it's when, so there's just a lot you can be negative about. And I just think staying positive and not think, not overthinking things. People always ask me, what do I think about in an Ironman? Honestly, the answer is like nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about what I'm doing in each moment, but I'm not thinking about what's for dinner. I'm not thinking about how bad my swim was or how, you know, how annoying that person is. Of course I have these flashing thoughts of like that sucked or, Oh, why did that person do that? But I really do try to let it go and move on. So I don't know, maybe that's part of the consistency. I also kind of attribute some of like my life background, um, whether that's my upbringing and just tough growing up or even just my corporate life and 
I don't know, just being able to take on a lot and handle a lot and knowing that I'm capable of a lot, I think helps. Yeah, I think that helping you summarize it a bit from the outside, I think you are able to easily put things in a place that is either relevant or irrelevant. And there's two categories. And I almost would even say, I kind of attribute a long Ironman day that goes by and is successful, whether you realize it or not, is like a long airport day. Like I typically turn off my brain as much as I can because the worst thing for me is sitting on an airplane for eight hours for a cross continental flight. Um, So I think that's kind of the same mindset we end up doing is we turn off all the externals. We focus on a couple things, but we try to just zone out and let our flow happen. And compartmentalization is a, is an asset that you obviously have based on experience in life, whether it's stress, previous things you want to avoid. Um, So you're, you're good at that. And I think I, I I see that in your race. And that's why it just resonated with me initially. Like Sky, you can count on Sky because she, yeah. She's going to put her, she's going to show up. And if she says she's good, she's good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one thing. I think Matt was saying that recently. He said, you know, the thing your competitors probably know about you is that like, you're going to be there no matter what. So if they have a bad day, they better watch out because you're, you're not going to have a horrible day. Like you may not have your best day, but you're going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. that. About, I like that about you as an athlete. I think Thanks. everybody should strive to work on keeping the emotional and the logical aspects a little bit more delineated within these long races. Cause it, yeah. it emotional roller coaster. It's like yeah, between 60 and hundred percent emotional out there on race day. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. But I, I totally agree. And it, I think, I don't know if people think, oh, you just have to be so emotionally invested and you have to get so worked up and care so much to care. But like, just because I can block out all the bad and kind of turn my brain off. It doesn't mean I don't care. I care a lot, but I just know that wasting mental energy on anything, but like moving forward as fast as possible and taking care of my nutrition and everything as well as I can, that's, that's all I need to care about in that moment. So there's nothing else to get, there's nothing else to care about or think about while I'm racing. So a question we all get for every race is, oh my gosh, are you excited? And that for me is like a trigger (laughs) because I'm like, no, I'm not excited. I'm very <laughs> like I don't know what's gonna yeah. happen. I'm not. I'm excited that I'm alive, but yeah, race. Um, this is this is a race. Like I'm just want to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I would say I have some races that I'm more excited for than others, but a lot of races are just part of the job, right? Like I'm here. I'm here to do the race, and I care, and I want to do well. But I'm not. With how much we do it, especially professionally, like every race cannot just be this huge emotional investment. Like it just can't. Yeah. Um, if you want to save a few for that, great. But yeah, you should. Overall. Of course. Like, yeah. A couple of them that mean like there's a couple of races that I still want to get to when it makes sense that I want to reinvest that emotional energy because it felt something a while back. Yeah. Yeah. But um, okay. So racing aside, this year in general, um, definitely some good results from your end for sure. Topping off the season with a win at Florida. Um, I yeah. don't, I don't want to get too into nitty gritty about the race results. Those are easy to kind of find anywhere on Sky's feeds and videos. Um, but I think learning about what what is triathlon ecosystem been like for you this year? That it seems at least, and the reason I'm asking is because it seems like companies are operating a little differently. They've mm-hmm. made overspent budgets. I've heard a lot of really well-off athletes who are getting 
less deals, even they've been more successful. Yeah. The industry, in my opinion, doesn't seem to be taking note that they're not taking care of the professionals in a way that is allowing us to really make a living at this. And it's almost some companies are better than others. Let's be honest, but yeah, for sure. Of a service if they want to continue their growth that they're not investing more in the people who are growing the sport. So how, how do you generally feel about that um, culture we have this year within the endemic e- ecosystem and how is it, how do you found it? Um, I guess for me personally, um, you don't have to dime anybody out either. No, it's- of course. I mean, I have quite a good lineup of sponsors that I'm extremely grateful for and proud to work with. And from what I can tell, they enjoy working with me. Like, so I guess for me, you know, a lot of the big sponsors, like I've got Trek, I've got SRAM, I have Garmin, I have Deborah, I have Form. So I have a lot of things covered. Um, And because I guess my sponsors like working with me, so I don't find myself losing sponsors this year, fortunately. And I find myself gaining a couple new ones. Um, So for me, I think it's, it's okay, but I'm also not the highest paid athlete out there, you know, like, yes, I'm making a living, but I'm, I'm not getting rich off the sport. So, um, I think for the athletes who you mentioned who are, um, high earning, really higher earning than I guess I would say myself, um, they might be too expensive for some brands, right? Like, and too expensive sounds bad, but maybe they're just not willing. They're not interested in taking a contract. That's not absolutely what they demand and brands maybe aren't interested in investing that right now. And that's fine, right? Like we all get to make our decisions. Um, I would hope that every athlete demands, well, I hope for every athlete that they get paid by sponsors. And I think sponsors should pay, um, especially if they're asking for a lot. Um, and yeah, I guess I really only know my own experience, but from what I've heard, I think getting new sponsors, especially kind of the key sponsors, like bike sponsors, um, just kind of the key triathlon sponsors, I think would, would be tricky and probably very difficult to get the kind of pay that you're hoping to get from a new sponsor. I think that would be difficult. So, yeah, I think that's the trend is opening the door. Seems like there's a lot more resistance to get it cracked. Yeah. Now. Um, and I think that's good. I think, I, I love that athletes who are putting their best efforts, their best mindset, taking care of this. It's because it's a, it's a nurturing relationship from both sides. You just yeah. too many athletes expect and they don't give. And I think you're an athlete who has foresight enough to give. And, and that's the other part of the question I want to ask is the, the deliverables that you're required to give, mm. are they more performance related? Like, let's say you had, less successful of a season would you feel at risk or do you feel like the rest of your business as sky Monch, the the rest of your flair your um, yeah. presence does that carry you also um and you know how do those work together i think for me and this kind of carries over to my, how i perform in triathlon too i think i'm pretty well balanced right like okay i don't have half a million followers but i think i'm pretty good at posting regularly trying to share stuff trying to engage i feel like I engage a lot. I respond to a lot of DMs, which my sponsors probably don't know that, but you know what I mean? Like I really do try to engage with the community. Um, but it's, it's a balance for me too, as an athlete, right? Like I can't spend all my time doing content and I can't spend all my money hiring someone to do content because 
I want to make a living, not just spend all my money on triathlon. You know, there's thing, other things I want to spend my money on in life. Um, so yeah, I think, I think for me, it's probably, they appreciate my personality and maybe what I do put out there content wise, but then also I'm a solid performer, consistent performer, you know? So I hope, yeah, I think for me, it's all around. And honestly, I think I, when I got into triathlon, I told myself to not expect anything like the best attitude I think anyone can have getting into the sport professionally is no one owes you anything. You have to earn everything because I think it's really easy to come in. And I thought, I thought this way, I didn't necessarily feel entitled, but I thought getting sponsors would be super easy. It's extremely difficult, especially if you have no results, no followers, no, nothing, no network. Like I literally started with nothing and but still, I thought like, oh, because I'm professional, I'll get some sponsors. But that is not the case. So I think the attitude that I came in with, with um, not expecting anything and just having to work for everything and honestly expecting myself to pay for all of it and doing my accounting side hustles to do so, I think that's carried over to me even now. Like, Not that I feel insecure with my sponsors, but I realize that this could all go away tomorrow. You know what? Everyone could ring me up and say, hey, guess what? Budgets are gone and you're top of the list to go. <laughs> I don't think that's the case, but like, I don't expect, I don't expect that anyone is going to say, yes, guy, we want to resign you again and again, and we want to pay you more. Like, I just don't expect it. So yeah, I... I not to say that I felt insecure going into this round of like re contract renewal, but I just knew who knows anything could happen. Yeah. I think that's yeah. absolutely what everyone's going with now is like, well, I don't know what I'm walking into right now. I mean, we've got good partnerships, <laughs> but I don't know what that looks like on paper. Yeah. Um, I mean, the economy is crazy right now for everyone. Um, inflation's insane. I mean, there's just, there's so many factors and, yeah, of course we want to see professionals get paid. We, we want this to be sustainable for the sport to keep thriving and growing, but, um, yeah, I think the attitude of not expecting or having no one owes you anything is the way to go. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, working in a lot of different ways to create within the sport and yeah. understand where you fit in and what you can add value to is important. And I think everybody has a, a spot to fill and, mm -hmm. And I think I want to talk eventually about some of the new Ironman, um, you know, point series that they released, get, get some light opinions on that. But before I get to that, I wanted to talk about a couple comments and you've probably been thinking about it a lot more since you and Sarah had been discussing oh, yeah. <laughs> about, you know, women's sport. And I've heard this before, this is not the first person that the stuff that men get away with on content, social media, personality-wise, even finish line, charismatics, whatever it is, women see, feel like it's it, they can't hold themselves authentically. Is that maybe what it is? Or is it the authenticity isn't being received as that's not enough because the guys are doing some crazy stuff to get attention? Is, is that kind of how I'm feeling from you? Yeah, yeah. Um... I think part of it is when we do act authentically and it doesn't fit the mold that people have for female athletes or females in general, then, then it's received as cocky or arrogant or, you know, not feminine or whatever. I think, yeah, men, men can say whatever they want, it seems like, and they get away with it. In fact, it's like nurtured. If we think back to 
the Sam Long, Sam Laidlow ordeal, like that was publicized like crazy. And they probably both gained a lot of followers for it. And I think if like it was two women doing that, it like that just wouldn't happen. First of all, it just wouldn't happen. Like, I don't think women would agree to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that they planned it or agreed to do that, but. Well, they certainly played along with it eventually. It was part of the. Yeah. But I mean, either way. Emotions were obviously captured live and authentically, and it, and yeah. it was a little bit, a lot of opinions, but I think you're right. Like, had it been two girls that are made acting like that, I don't know if it would have been received as as well. So I, It would I, have been super catty. Like, yeah, it, it just, I don't, I don't, I think about this, right? Like, are, are we being authentic? Are we being genuine? Maybe we just don't have that, you know, that side of our personality to us, and we just like to keep to ourselves and get, get the job done. But I do believe more of us are more competitive and more cutthroat than we probably lead on. And it doesn't mean we hate each other. No, but like, I guess maybe the difference is in maybe more is being said behind all the women's backs. Like we, you know, it is different. more in our nature, but yeah. I mean, I've noticed a strong different delineation between men and women pro attitudes right before a race starts like normally oh yeah you'll see the pro men line up and there's like some pushing just like jostling and, and smiling about it like yeah get out of my way or like everyone looks yeah so- you're like pumping up the testosterone yeah and like <laughs> yeah. women i feel like just stone cold killers like don't even yeah don't, don't look at me you don't deserve this right now like there's a lot of it- different emotion yeah so i don't think it's necessarily that we're any of us are faking it but it's maybe maybe we think twice before we want to really show our emotion or I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I feel like I always put myself forward how I would. Uh, There's plenty of things that I say that then like, I'm going to get off this podcast and be like, why did I freaking say that? Like, (laughs) I don't think you've said anything that is good. Anyone's going to scoff at. Not so far, but like, we're not done yet. (laughs) I want to get you there though. I want to get the, I want to rip you to rip somebody. Fire me up. Um, Yeah. Well, there was a bit of um, a girl on girl, I guess, bit of scrutiny at Super League, at least, when those two Scorpion athletes were, you know, ran into each other, almost looked like it was intentional. It Mm -hmm. was, um, I can't remember the exact name because there's a lot of names in my head right now. But either way, it went like on Barstool Sports, like hundreds of millions. So women were, and she had to apologize. There was a lot of girl drama there. Um, So I would say like, we're, nobody's immune from it and i yeah. think the drama is always coming from it but i do feel like if an amberger puts out some crazy boisterous ro- race recap and calls crowy ancient or says oh forget that you know c word or something i mean yeah. that's usually laughed at and i don't think if lucy yeah. John barkley was to do something similar it would be like man lucy's what is this like oh for sh- for sure for sure like it's yeah. And you know what? I'm not saying that men and women need to be the same because we are inherently different. Like this is how we're biologically wired. kind of wired, but um, it doesn't mean that women can't be aggressive. Like we are also aggressive and we also want to beat everyone. And we also want to say what we want to say and not, you know, not be treated differently for it or have it affect our um, persona. And the, the thing that the thing that Sarah True and I were talking about one one point on that interview you mentioned earlier, maybe it was before we started recording. Um, like so much of a woman's um 
not success, but like we're judged a lot more by the way we look as well and how we present ourselves. And so there's that element, right? Like we just need to like go fast and look pretty and the guys need to like go fast and just put on a show. I don't know. It's, it's, and I don't believe that everyone thinks that like there are plenty of men who, you know, know my every move and, you know, are analyzing my Strava and all these things. Like, it's not like, it's not like there aren't people out there valuing the athletes that we as women are, but yeah, it's just different. It's just, it's just the different men and women and everything are always going to have some polar, yeah. exact polarizing opinion or like women's M- WNBA versus yeah. regular NBA. Like there's all kinds of controversy there that I can't even begin to unpack. So with triathlon, at least I feel like I know yeah. for a fact, I really love watching the women's race more than the men's race. Sometimes it's more tactical yeah. thought out. You all very much are like ninjas like you'll (laughs) wait to strike silently and then it's over and for guys it's like oh there he goes putting on a big old flashy move and (laughs) so i think there's just just difference in people um or or just yeah well and i think the important part of this whole discussion is just making sure that the women get the attention that they deserve um and maybe that's another thing you're going to bring up because that's something recent that i've been more sensitive to like after florida I mean, even an email went out from the PTO and it's, it was about a Black Friday deal with one of my sponsors, by the way, and they were only touting um, Rudy's record breaking day at Florida. And I was like, wow, I don't know who wrote this email or like, why weren't we both on it? I mean, we both broke records in Florida and we both have the same sponsor. Um, It was And I I like you more, like that ad would have hit me better (laughs) if you were on it, not Rudy, sorry. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it just, it's just very glaring sometimes the difference in attention and hype. I mean, even a lot of podcasts, I listen to quite a few triathlon podcasts because I'm a fan of the sport and, you know, they'll talk about a race and they're like, who's the winner. And they just go on and talk about the entire men's race. And then like two seconds about the women's race. And it's like, okay, a lot more happened in the women's race than you just showcase, but yeah, it's it's kind of like an ecosystem problem, right? It's sick, it's a it's a cycle. Like the less attention and hype we get, then like the less sponsor dollars we get, and then the yeah. less we invest in ourselves. So, yeah, I think that's one thing everyone just needs to be more aware of is if we're an equal sport, which we believe we are, because you know now we have equal world championship slots. We have equal, well, we've always had equal prize money, or at least for a very long time, we've always had um, equal prize money. So let's try to help the women be equal, uh, all around. So as a female, I, I would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And I, this is a point I didn't want to dwell on too much. I know you have all had a lot of time to talk and think, and I wanted to see if there's any other reflections that you had from those conversations, but I think it's pretty much the same outcome as, you know, yeah. I, I agree. It does seem like at times there's a lot of overshadowing, um, that yeah. we don't hear about from either side. And sometimes it's men, but it's more often than not, it's the women. And I I think that this is the sport of all the sports who would be in a position to make it better. Because yeah. I think as a collective endurance athlete atmosphere, everybody just generally loves getting along and sharing yeah. experiences together. I, I can't see anything besides of capitalism that's kind of messing with the dynamic there besides, well, we just find more value in promoting a male athlete who did well. Yeah. So that just seems to be the, the 
overbearing negative, right? Like who's paying, yeah. who wants to get the money out there for the right reasons or wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, and just one thing I would add to this thinking about it. And I thought about it again today because I heard another podcast talking about it, but like the split in the men's and women's world championship, I originally was very upset about. You may have heard me. I've said it a few times. I originally was not excited about it. I love racing with the men. I love watching the men's race, even if I'm on course with them. But um, after getting to Kona and experiencing Kona, I think the women having their own race and own location is actually really important now. Um, obviously if we could all be in the same location on separate days, maybe that would be the best of both worlds. But even in that scenario where we're in the same location, we're going to share the race lead and hype, right? Like we're going to share the social media posts and we're going to share the fighting chance videos or, you know, all these things that happen before these events. And when we were in Kona, we were the only ones racing and we were the only ones getting all the hype. And I think that was really valuable. Um, so yeah, I've joked a few times that I didn't miss I didn't miss the men in Kona as much as I thought I would. I thought it was actually really really cool. Um I wish I wish it could be that we could all be there and and get all the hype equally, but it just it's really hard. It's hard not to be overshadowed by all the amazing personalities on the men's side. Like I'm not discounting it. I love all the men personalities um as much as anyone. Like I love it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I think the hardest part for the split is not even to do with our race. It's the age group affiliates yes, who exactly. have to decide husband and wife if we're going to yeah. one or the other. I think that's the only real problem is that. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I I didn't have. It's a like couples should be able to elect which one they want to go to. <laughs> yeah, why not? I mean, there's yeah. got to be some inventive way to keep it inclusive and not over budget, but also. Yeah you know, tangible for these athletes who've worked exceptionally hard to get there. Yeah. Um, and now everyone's just like, well, I'm only going to race hard on my Kona qualification year. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nice looks amazing. Like yes. I can't wait to race in Nice. I think it looks incredible. Um, all right. Well, so racing aside, politics aside, um, yeah. <laughs> you as a person, Sky, what, um, you yeah. know, what, what do you look forward to in the off season that isn't, swim, bike, run, gym, you know, what are the things you and your husband, Matt, like to do? I mean, just all the things that we like to do that we don't have a chance to do a lot of in the regular season. So, um, I mean, we still try to do some of this during the season, but like, if we're talking two months out from Kona, it's like train, eat, sleep. That's, that's pretty much all I'm doing. Um, but seeing, hanging out with friends, going to dinner way more than usual, um, travel anything family um definitely family yeah spending time with family friends um obviously with off season usually aligning nicely with the holidays it's perfect so we can spend more time and not not be stressing about oh i'm gonna get my training in um travel it's funny i even a couple months ago i was like okay we're definitely going on a proper vacation like i'm booking tickets somewhere and we're going to just sit on a beach and just have like a proper vacation but then by the time i get done with racing i actually just want to be home because we travel so much racing yeah. and i don't even do crazy training camps like i trained at home almost all year but still with racing and when you're just training and you you can't do the little projects at home that you want to do or spend time with your friends and family I don't know. I'm pretty content to just be home. So the travel thing, honestly, 
no, I travel for racing and then I'm pretty happy to just stay home. Um, there's definitely some house projects. I mean, we just, I just spent a couple hours cleaning up the yard today and I have a bathroom remodel on my list. Like Ooh. there's a lot of things that I really enjoy doing, um, outside of swim bike run. So yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not glamorous. <laughs> Hopefully you're going to get ready to get tired of being indoors and cold and gloomy in Salt Lake and you yeah. might want to come out to Cosmo with us in January and hang out and just I have mean, relaxation. Yeah, I am tempted. A train, a traincation is always fun. And yeah. it's always very light in that. That's the best time of year, I think, to have a traincation because it's like oh, yeah. it's little, but I'll mainly vacate and I'll like <laughs> train enough so where I can like literally have a great dinner almost every other night and some dessert. Oh yeah, definitely. I, there's no need to deprive. Yeah, no, the timing of that camp honestly does sound nice because you're training, you're back to training, but there's no big race like around the corner. Yeah. So it's, it's not high stress yet. Sky, do you still do your same breakfast and dinner routine that I used to know about? No, I don't anymore. Well, is it okay if I bring it up? Yeah, we can talk about it. Well, I just want, it was always fascinating. You'd come back from the grocery store with some Ben and Jerry's or some pints of ice cream. And that was dinner. <laughs> Whatever quantity that you felt was enough for the day or the evening. And then the same thing for breakfast. Um, why, what, why of all reasons did you give away from that? <laughs> um, honestly, I got sick of how sweet it was. I was like, this is just so much sweetness. And, um, you know, you kind of find something that you think works and it did work, but then I was like, there's, there's gotta be other ways. Um, so then I got on the chicken and rice, yeah. uh, and even, to, even the reason I got on the ice cream pre-race diet was because I had issues during the run where I'd need to go to the bathroom, like hundred yeah. percent. So, so yeah. And so the ice cream was like, oh, well, it's not like a huge mass in my stomach and I don't have a dairy problem plenty of carbs, probably way too much fat, but like it, the ice cream worked pretty well. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of other ways, but yeah, I quit doing that. When did I quit doing that? Maybe a year and a half, two years. Yeah. I would say in the last couple of years yeah. or I started mixing more. So then I would still do like quite a bit of ice cream, but I would enter in some very mild solid foods. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, is I felt like it was kind of counterintuitive where I'm like, I would never just sit, I mean, I eat ice cream regularly, but like, I would never eat that much ice cream regularly. So I'm like, why am I like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so weird I don't indulgence. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. Well, cool. Yeah. That was more of my, you know, fun fact finding. Yeah. That was a fun tidbit about sky years past for sure. <laughs> um, I did many races off ice cream as my pre-race meal. Yeah. I, I strictly remember some some little ones that we were fortunate enough to hang out with before and after. So good for you. Yeah. Evolution is changing it. And I was always like, I get it, but that is a lot of fat. Like, I don't think I can handle all the, the dairy fat. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't work for me at least. I know that. Yeah. I don't have a dairy problem, but yeah, certainly more carbs is better. Carbs is the best form of life. I think for all of yeah. endurance athletes. Um, so Next year, um, you know, we've got a little bit of downtime. How many, you know, what is considered enough for you before we start talking about next year? Um, what do you mean? Like how much are you yeah, asking you, if you can you ask gonna, me about it or when are you going to get itchy? Like I'd like oh. to get back moving again. 
Well, I have been moving a bit. Like last week I moved about five hours. Um, this week will probably be more, but it's only what I feel like. For example, yeah. yesterday and today I swam with my friend Megan, who you know. And I thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll go for like a 30, 40 minute run this afternoon. That sounds nice. But no, like it's not that I don't want to do it, but it's more that I get caught up doing other things. Yeah. I'm just like, well, I don't have to do it. So I'm not going to do it. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I like so, that. Which in season, I'm like the most compliant athlete in the world. I never skip sessions. But again, like I don't have training right now. Um, so, but I, I, if I'm going to move right now, it's going to be in the pool because the swim is a lot harder to get back than yeah, bike and run. I agree. And just, yeah, with it being my weakness as well, like I can't, I don't want to be out of the water that long. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't feel ready to get super intense right now. I've only been off what, just over two weeks is when Florida was. So yeah, I think I have a call with my coach tomorrow, um, probably to game plan, like what the rest of the year looks like, but I'm happy to be in pretty chill mode. Um, definitely we'll start training more, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'll get through Christmas for sure. And then that's probably when I am ready to feel intense about the sport again. Yeah. And that takes us into next year. And with yeah. the, the art, I mean, I don't, I know you probably don't know, or well, maybe since you're still in tight with the PTO, you do know, but mm. um, you know, that contract period for getting PTO athletes to PTO races with, I'm sure it'll be a silly amount of money that we'll all be like, wow, that's a lot. Um, and that's amazing. But then you've got the Ironman series to reinvigorate the validity of the iron full iron distance, which I feel like was losing a little bit of steam. Yes. Um, how do you feel about Ironman's attempt to create a series championship um, that has more points available to earn throughout a series? I can't remember how many races, 18 races or something. Yeah, I think it's 18. Um, and you can and have five races count towards yeah. it. Three can be Ironman. Yep. Yeah. And so you can kind of like pick and choose a lot. The schedule isn't too restrictive. It does hit most all the places you would want to go for a championship or regional championship event. Mm -hmm. um, are you going to be planning that as a part of your structure along with PTO or they, would they allow that? Or how are you feeling about next year? Yeah. So my gut reaction, especially because the PTO hasn't come out with an exact schedule and I work with a manager who has been talking to the PTO, you know, on my behalf. So I have an idea of contract. Is that and, Mr. Mr. Ackworth? Uh, well, it's Holly who works with Mr. Ackworth. Okay. Um, Holly Hale. Um, but yeah, for me, okay, this is this isn't answering the direct question that you're asking me. But That's fine. We're going to talk about I'm, it all. I'm good at really messing up a good question. So you can <laughs> no, you did mess way. it up. But it's just combined for me, right? Like the PTO, first of all, I do have not seen a contract. I've heard some approximate numbers of what I would be offered. And then I've heard, you know, how many races potentially I would have to do um, if I accepted the contract. And for me personally, like the dollar value isn't that appealing to me. It's, it's simply not, um, because, and I don't know this, like I'm not on the athlete board anymore, but I'm guessing that the PTO is paying athletes based on media value. And I don't think it has anything to do with ranking. Um, so I'm not to knock myself, but I'm not a super high media value athlete to them. Like I'm not because the chances of me winning a PTO race, not super high. Um, I don't have a hundred thousand followers to share 
you know, sure, I have an engaging audience, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like we we kind of know their flair. Yeah, exactly. And so I, yes, they need to fill these 16 contracts. And right now my ranking's 13th, I believe. So I would be in line to automatically receive one. But do I want to revolve my season around, I don't know how many races, but let's just say I had to commit to five races. Do I want to commit my season to traveling around the world for these five races to finish, I don't know, not on the podium, maybe on the podium. I'm not going to count myself out, but yeah. like, I'm, it, it's not my strength. I am an iron, and I am an iron man. US Open, you, what, you, did you run into eighth or? Was no, it- no, I was 11th. I ran oh. into Tamara actually caught me, um, at. That's where I was. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm a solid athlete and I have fun doing those distances, but like then I don't think they would offer me enough financial incentive to revolve my season around those races. Would I love to do some like um wild card? Yeah, I would. Like if it's in the US, I would love to do that. But do I want to fly to Asia to maybe break even? Probably not. Like yeah. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in breaking even in my career at this point. Like if I'm racing, I'm making money. Yeah. Um, and because you know, my prize money is still meaningful for my income. Um, I have great sponsors, but to be totally honest, like I still make a fair amount racing. Um, and that's because I choose races wisely, I think, and I do well. Cause even even Kona, where I was seventh, like that was still a meaningful. Like I, I made money there. So, yeah, um, that's a good even staying for... there for two weeks. <laughs> yeah. So, that's, and that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and to answer the Ironman question that all of that is to say, I think the Ironman pro series is much more fitted to my strengths. And I think for, for me, that will probably be the route to go. But again, like I haven't talked to my coach thoroughly about this. I don't have all the details from the PTO. Like what if the PTO only ends up being two races, right? Like, I don't know if it's two races and that's way more reasonable. Um, and a good payout and a good payout, but they would probably lower what they would be offering me even more. So I guess for me, I think the PTO for those appearance fees or whatever they are, the contracts, whatever they're calling them, like they need to be meaningful enough that like you can travel to all these races and still make money, even if you don't win it. Right. Like that's, I think I think the prize money might be going down too. Yeah, I was wondering if they're still going to pay good prize money, or the appearance fees are going to be soaking up the majority of that. I and I don't know the details at all. Like this is all just me speculating based on things that I've heard or whatever. But I think the prize money won't be what it what it has been. I mean, it already went down this last year, (laughs) and that was significant. And to be fair, like. I know that eventually we'd love to see that, but I don't know if our sport was necessarily ready for that level of payout for three races yeah. per year. Like it doesn't do anybody much justice for a trickle down effect. If yeah. the top person's getting so much when you could yeah. get down to 20, a little bit more. Yeah. More meaningful. Like it would be more meaningful for ever. Yeah. For everyone to get a bit more. And I, so I hope the prize money does get lessened and just maybe it just gets lessened more at the top. And that makes 10th, yeah, 11th, like, 12th place more meaningful. Yeah, because what was it, 100K, then 50 or something, or was it 175, 50? So it dropped a lot for third. It, yeah, third may have only been like 40 or something. I don't know. I don't remember. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, speculation again because we don't. I don't remember the exact numbers either. But we could yeah. look it up. I I definitely. I actually have it like not. You're like I've got this far out of reach. I know who, I know who's made what where at all times. No, I just had this thing pulled up on my phone. Yeah, so the the PTO tour top thirty. Yeah, first was, um, first was a hundred. Second was fifty. Third was thirty five. Yeah, that's third's pretty. I mean, you gotta be looking at first and you're like. I still raised. Yes. I was within a minute. Like <laughs> you could have been within 10 seconds and you're getting a third of the money. No, that's so anyway, I don't on. want to sound critical of the PTO because obviously they've done a lot of awesome things and I've enjoyed it and I've benefited greatly. Like, especially with the Collins cup and you know, they forked out a lot of cash for those first couple of years. And, um, millions I'm and really, millions of dollars. yeah. So I'm grateful for what they're doing, but I think, for an athlete like me, right, who's not super high media value, who whose strength is Ironman, like it's, I think it would be foolish of me not to focus on the Ironman series. Yeah, um, the payout's still so, good, yeah. and the uh, Ironman broadcast is always reliably what it is. Um, mm -hmm. But they're doing the and best. maybe they'll get better. <laughs> I think they they every year they get a little bit better on some aspects. So PTO yeah. has pushed Ironman to get better. Um, everybody. Yes is really working well, I think, in this ecosystem. I think even Super League's been a great ad advantage to show like Hayden yes. Wild making over a hundred and something thousand just through the Super League series alone. Yeah. So I think the, there's money out there and I think that's what our, we need our young athletes to see that it's worth sticking around and, and working and building a network and elevating the sport. So I think to be very clear, that's what we're advocating for. Um, yeah. And that's what the Ironman series is so good about. Like what I think it's so good for the sport is like with the PTO, you hear a lot of complaints or we did hear a lot of complaints from lower ranked athletes saying this doesn't help me at all. Cause they're never going to race a PTO race or they're never going to get the bonus or whatever, like a lot of complaining, which you can understand. But I do also go back to what I said before you, no one owes you anything yeah. you earn it. So just, if you're good, you'll get there and it's possible. But um, the Ironman series is available to anyone who wants to pay the pro membership fee and sign up for a race. And if you're good, you'll be part of the ranking and the payout. Like, it's as simple as that. Like, there's no cheating the system there. There's no, if you're good, you earn money. Yeah. And that's, that's life, isn't it? So. <laughs> yeah. And, and by the way, the challenge family end of year bonus has been around for many years. True. And pretty much similar and they have not gotten that credit where it's due. I remember maybe three years ago when I was at, um, was it challenge or clash Daytona? I can't remember which one was branded at the time, but they were going through the challenge payout. They were awarding those dollars at the party at the end. And I think might've been Ditlev made like an extra oh, yeah. 80 K right then and there because he raced really well at challenge races. So I think yeah. it's always out there in, if you're willing yeah. to get it, you can get it. <laughs> you're yeah, true. that too. Like you worked hard, you focused on Ironman. That's your yeah. great bread and butter. You're that athlete. And it's yeah. been a good carry. The sponsors love that you're dedicated and, and a great spokeswoman for it. So I think it's been a great career that you've been building subtly, not boisterously, but also <laughs> with consistency. And I, and I think you've had the best looking Trek bike out there. Oh, hundred percent. Not even Trek bike, just bike. Like, bike. Let's just yeah. <laughs> Fair. Trek's been putting out some crazy colors, but yeah. I, in general, your purple, whatever they named it. Oh, the the chroma iridescent. Yeah. yeah. 
that, that was it's fire. a project one paint job anyone can get it yeah you just have to pay for it so Use guys code <laughs> yeah please <laughs> let them know i sent you um then they'll keep sponsoring me yeah <laughs> no yeah um so yeah i think that's great you'll be considering the iron man um for sure project for sure i think you know we've got it we've got nothing else we've got to love that organization for still doing their best for what they can based on the corporate structure and their end goals as a company which is to make yes. money. so yeah and i actually feel a bit bad because i think i've been kind of hard on iron man being and i've said it on podcasts where i'm like i just don't think iron man cares that much about the pros and so them coming out with this really shows that they do care like they are investing in us and i think that's really cool um yeah. I don't know who their new CEO is, but like, I'm, I'm a bit sad to see Andrew Messick go because I feel like he, he actually has done more for the pros than we give him credit for or realize, um, like at the Kona award ceremony, they put on this huge show, like thanking him. And a big part of that was him talking about how important it was. And, and then them explaining how important it was that we had a, a day for women on, yeah. at, for world championships that we had our own day. And I didn't realize like, perhaps how instrumental Andrew Messick was in that. So anyway, not to like kiss Andrew Messick's butt here, but like he, I don't know. I feel like maybe he hasn't gotten the credit from the pros that he deserves. He's probably done more for us than we realize. Um, yeah. I think he's but, been yeah. in a tough position and living yeah. in Tampa for a while and crossing paths with him, you know, here and there, like he's a really personable and yeah, nice guy. Like I, honestly, he's never given me a, a the vibe that he is against us. And I think if anything, the, it's like the president, right? The constraints they have to work within. We'll never know the pressures, the deadlines, the budgets. And I think he has had to work within what he has had to work with. And oftentimes maybe can't even translate to us because he's like, well, I got a billion other things to worry about pro athletes and we'll get to you. We're trying and it's not perfect, but eventually we'll do better. And holy crap, they did better. Like this awesome. Yeah, they did. They did. The pro series is huge. Like that's a lot of money and will be very impactful for anyone um, who can be a part of that bonus structure. So yeah. Yeah. Paying into it still is a bit of a chap, but it's all right. Huh? We still have to pay that 1200 bucks every oh, year. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> the membership fee. I forget about it. Cause well, I used to always pay it at the beginning of the year. So then you just kind of forget about yeah. it. And, uh, well, how many pro athletes do you think pay into that? Maybe 400. I don't know. I, I don't know how many buy a full membership, right? Cause you can buy just one race at a time. Um, so there may be a few who only buy one or two races, but yeah, I, I bet 400. Yeah. So, you know, Hey, but you know what, as you know what else, I have a lot of respect for Ironman. Now we're making this the Iron Man show is that they conduct an anti-doping testing pool because I mean, I posted a bunch on my stories yeah, like a month that ago. Was maybe. Awesome, but super yeah. Fun. People loved it. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> people <laughs> loved it. Um, but it just made me realize like how expensive all that is. And just with, in light of recent events and recent drama with athletes in the sport and positive drug tests, even like, it just made me really appreciate that Ironman is willing to invest that and 
it's not cheap i imagine no way so. it's probably millions right there and travel and certifications yeah. and everything so there's no yeah. way that's cheap and i know you know we got a guy here who's on whereabouts right now so like i know what yeah. you have to go through for your projections and where you're going to be in this the stringent level that they keep tabs on you so it's not an easy program yeah. to be part of yeah i mean you definitely have to be aware of it um there's definitely been a few times where like, I'll leave town. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to update this now <laughs> before they come to my house. Yeah. Uh, Cause probably, especially in the off season when you're a little more relaxed uh, with life in general, but yeah, like you, you can't forget about it because if, if you don't have your whereabouts accurately listed, then that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> and they come to test you and you're not there. It's not yeah. good. Three strikes and you're kicked out. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So back to off season chat real quick. I'm glad that yeah. you're stoked on all the Ironman stuff and we'll look forward to seeing what your season looks like. I'm sure you'll know in the next couple of weeks, at least the first few races. Um, yeah, definitely the first few. Yeah. Although um, if I'm only choosing from Ironman series, like there's not, there's not that much to choose for us. Oceanside, Texas, St. George. I don't know. How do how do you choose? Well, I know because the timing, I would honestly rather do St. George over Texas, but Texas is a full Ironman and I'd need to get three in. Yeah. So then there's only yeah. like, there's like Texas for males. There's Frankfurt females, Hamburg, Hamburg. Placid. Lake Placid. Yeah. But there's two U.S. ones right there. That's it. Right. I, yeah. Exactly. Victoria Gastes is, and yeah. then you've got Kona, and then like Australia. Yeah. So I guess I guess I could maybe do. Here, we'll just plan my season now. We yeah. Texas. When's Lake Placid? Is that like July? July. Yeah. Okay. See, I wish, I wish that there were more Ironmans like three weeks apart because that's perfect. I, it's perfect. And you know what? You don't have to do three Ironman builds in a year. So yeah. Um, I've got the schedule right here too. And it's, it, it is a bit tough. Cause I was myself. It like, is tough, man. I love Tromblant 70.3. I love, there's a lot of amazing 70.3s that I just want to do again. But yeah. then there's like, oh, there's like five fulls total. So yeah. you really got to be careful. And plus with all the Super League crap, I have to do at the end of the year. Right. I'm you don't want to be racing. <laughs> oh, can't do it. Yeah. So. Well, I'm just, I'm glad that the world championships are part of it. I mean, they have to be part of yeah. it. Yeah. So. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. For me, for me, that's nice. Cause yeah, that's one, one commitment. Yeah. One, one that I know I'll be at. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll look for that coming out and probably see it at Texas. Um, just <laughs> Everyone's going to be at Texas. Everyone will be at Texas. Um, but are you going to do some more cross-country skiing also? I think I saw you and Matt do that. Um, Matt and I have done it once. You probably didn't see him, I but I do it, yeah. You and do. I, I think I, I think I've recruited, or not recruited, but I think I'll have a, form, a few more friends doing it this winter, nice. which helps because here's the thing about me. I'm kind of paranoid of going into the mountains by myself like i just am because i don't know if there's going to be a cougar or a moose i just don't want to encounter anything by myself yeah and like when you go on a weekday even to like a groomed area you're still up in the mountains here and moose will be there or yeah, cougars. In park city a moose was in our backyard charged exactly us walking our dog exactly so the more friends i have to go with like the the more i'll enjoy it because even though i'll go by myself sometimes I'm kind of on edge the whole time. I'm like, when is there going to be a moose around the corner and how fast am I going to have to get away? So 
Yeah, and those I have no reason to wait. feel this way. I haven't had an experience, but you never know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to seeing that on your socials. Sky. Yeah, uh, lots of snow. Yeah. Keep up all of the, uh, I think you've got a really authentic vibe. You're a great asset to our sport. And Thanks. obviously the women, the, the female voice aspect of it is super important. And I, I always love yeah. hearing different opinions and sides of the story. So thanks for being very transparent about all of the, the different aspects I would never have felt. So I think that's important that we get it out there. And thanks for coming on the show and talk about it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me and chatting a wide variety of subjects. It was fun. Yeah, I think that's as, as random as it gets is today. So thanks for being <laughs> cool. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all I got. We'll look forward to having you on um, or seeing you maybe in Cozumel at our camp. It'd be amazing to have you there. It'd be the best yeah. camp ever. Um, and of course, we don't expect you to do anything but get a tan. That's that's all I really want out of it is a tan. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll talk again. And thanks for coming on. We'll, we'll keep everybody updated on Sky's website on the show notes and uh, her YouTube channel as well. So, Scott, we got your back. Thanks, Nick. All right. Give us a peace out. Ready? Peace out. Okay. Say it. You got to say peace. Peace out. Thank you. Is that yeah. is that for Jackson? Because that sounds very Canadian. Yeah, it's mainly because the Canadian, Garrick and Jackson are Canadian. We started oh, it. Right. We've kept it going, even though it's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. It's dumb. Whatever works. No, fine. Okay. Peace out. Peace out.